0: Is psychologist Tom Gilvitch asked people on their deathbed, What is your single biggest regret in your entire life? 76% of people had the exact same answer. And that was not living my ideal self. So living the life someone else wanted for me, not myself. So 76% is, a, that's crazy that most of us will live our life reach our deathbed, look back on our life and think, damn, I didn't prioritize those things that were really important to me.
1: That's Ben Nemton, co-author of the New York Times bestseller, What Do You Want to Do Before You Die? I'm your host, Patrick McGinnis, and this is FOMO Sapiens. When the world's spinning out of control, it can be impossible to know what to do and what to miss out on. That's called FOMO, which is short for fear of missing out. How do I know? Because I coined the term, and I'm the world's first FOMologist. And this is the show where I ask entrepreneurial thinkers, people I call FOMO sapiens, how they live and work with conviction no matter what life throws at them. Fomo. FOMO. Welcome to another edition of FOMO sapiens. Today we're going to be talking about bucket lists, not the movie with Morgan Freeman and Jack Nicholson, which... I'm never going to watch, so no judgment if you have, but that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about actual bucket lists, the idea that you make a list of things you want to do before you die. Now, I've actually never done this. However, I was recently thinking about some travel I did right before the pandemic that was kind of like on my bucket list. It was a place that I had read about in a book this book that I love called The Great Game by Peter Hopkirk. And it's a city called the mud-walled city of Merv. Merv, which was built thousands of years ago and was one of the largest cities in the world. And then in the year 1200, it was attacked by Genghis Khan and basically leveled, they killed everybody. Not a good situation. And it was left there to sort of just kind of fall apart. And so I ended up going to Merv. And it's definitely one of the things that if I had made a bucket list, I would have put on it. And so I did it. And as I look back, I'm so glad I did. And so one of the things we've learned, obviously, in 2020 and 2021 is that there may be things that you want to do in life that things will change, circumstances will change, and you will not be able to do. So it is worth figuring out the things you want to do and then systematically trying to do them before it's too late. The question is, how do you actually do this? Because it's easier said than done. And that's why I have with me today an expert on the topic, Ben Nemtin And Ben is a total fulma sapiens. This guy has been a producer, a writer, a speaker, a TV personality, an author. He kind of does it all. And because he and his friends made a bucket list and then set off to do the things on it and help others to do the same, he knows all about it. And in fact, you can see this bucket list at his website, bennemtin.com And the things on this list, which he actually did, are things like meeting Prince Harry, going on the Oprah show, and playing basketball with President Obama. Now, I wanted to have Ben on the show because, first of all, I think this idea of carpe diem, of living for the moment and going after the things you want, it's really important for a FOMO sapiens to embrace, but in a way that you can actually sustainably manage, not just running around with your head cut off. So this is an important way to to sort of manage your emotions. Second... Ben speaks to hundreds of companies about how they can support their employees to go after their dreams in their own lives. So this idea of doing what you truly want in life outside of work, which is very much part of the way I see the 10% approach to life, it's something that I wanted to talk about with him. Now, I have one item to add to your bucket list today. And it's one you can actually cross off right away. And that is subscribe to the show, give it some stars and share this episode or other episodes with somebody who would enjoy the show. The three S's, subscribe, stars and share. Really appreciate it if you do that for me. And I wanna thank you in advance. And now onto the show. So the inspiration for everything Ben has done making this bucket list comes from the idea of actually making a movie that he came up with this idea in college. And the movie was gonna be called The Buried Life. And so to get our conversation started, I asked Ben to explain what is The Buried Life?
0: The Buried Life is actually a 150-year-old poem (laughs) that we borrowed the name from because it articulated the same feeling that we were feeling in our freshman year at university, which was that we had all these things that we wanted to do, but we hadn't done them because they were buried. And we would get excited about them, but then life would get in the way and they would get buried. And so The Buried Life, uh, was a project we started to uncover our buried dreams, myself and three friends, when we were in, in our first year university in Canada.
1: And so you have this this aspiration to try to figure out, you know, it's, it's a good time to do it too because you haven't sort of lived that much of your life. So you have the opportunity to maybe change the way you're going to live before you get on the treadmill and wake up at 40. And so what was your, what was your, path forward to actually uncover this
0: even before we wrote the bucket list which was our list of our buried dreams i had actually gone through a uh, a pretty dark time where i hit my first depression that i'd ever experienced in my life and up at that point life was great i was uh, had an academic scholarship to university that was that was just entering my first year at university i was playing on the national rugby team which in canada is a pretty big sport so i was really excited about going to the World Cup. And I had a great group of friends, you know, I I was really excited about the the university years and but I put a lot of pressure on myself to succeed. And I started worrying about the World Cup. And it started to give me anxiety because I played fly half, which was like the field goal kicker, kind of the quarterback at high pressure position. And I had missed a big kick in high school. And it kind of haunted me. And I was like, this can't happen again. What if I miss an easy kick at the world cup? Like it's a blow, you know, everything I've been working for. And so I would think about this at night and it caused me to stop sleeping, you know, or have trouble sleeping. And so this anxiety, this lack of sleep, this, this constant pressure, it all caused me to slowly go down this path and, and deteriorate into a depression. And so I dropped out of school because of my anxiety. I got dropped from the national rugby team because I couldn't go to, to practice. I was shut in, into my parents' house. And for someone who is typically pretty, I would say very social, you know, a type, all of a sudden I couldn't leave the house. And so this was a extremely scary time for me. And it, um, ultimately, you know, there were many things that contributed to my recovery that we can talk about, one of the things was I decided to try and only surround myself with people that were going to inspire me, give me energy. Cause I realized that I was sensitive to other people's energies. They either took energy or they gave energy to me. So I was like, I'm going to try and only surround myself with people that inspire me. So there was this one kid from the neighborhood who was a filmmaker. His name was Johnny. And I thought he makes these really inspiring films, you know, and I reached out to him and I said, Johnny, let's make a movie. You know, I've always wanted to make a movie. You make movies. So we got his older brother, Duncan, and our other friend, Dave, as well, into this movie making mission. And that was the catalyst that started the buried life journey.
1: And so you make this bucket list, right? You make a list of these things that you want to go ahead and do. Uh, How did you even come up with the list?
0: There was two rules when we wrote the list and we wrote them together. You know, Um, the first rule, you had to pretend you had 10 million bucks in your bank. And the second rule, you had to pretend that you could do anything. Is that Canadian dollars or U.S. <laughs> yes, dollars? It's Canadian, by the way. so <laughs> a million bucks. Call it a million bucks. <laughs> yeah. So we, you know, we we thought if anything were possible, what what would you do? That was the the goal of of the list was to write down our wildest dreams, to pretend we could do anything. And we kind of we wrote it together, but we all wrote our list um, separately, and then we brought it back together and decided what was going to be on our master list. And so we had a hundred things to do before you die. And we thought, okay, um, let's go after this list and let's also help other people accomplish their bucket list because there's no way we're going to accomplish these list items on our own. We're going to need the help of other people. And so why don't we pay that back by helping strangers accomplish their bucket list? So we'll go on a two-week road trip. This is in 2006. Uh, We'll go after our list. We'll help other people accomplish their list and we'll make a film about it. And we'll come back and we'll make a little movie and we'll show it to our friends. And, and this will be a really kind of fun thing to do. And, and so we bought an RV, we bought a camera on eBay. We worked two jobs during the summer so we could save up money. We cold called companies pretending we had a production company. You know, we got local companies to chip in goods and, and things that we could give away along the road. We lived off Red Bull and granola bars that a granola bar company donated to us. And we put, uh, On the side of our RV that we borrowed, The Buried Life and One Film, Four Guys, 100 Things to Do Before You Die. And we hit the road. And as we traveled, what was unexpected is that people started to hear about our mission. And they started to send us emails through our website that we had built with our 100 lists, 100 list items. And they say, hey, I saw, you know, number nine, ride a bull. I can help you get on a a bull. Or I saw, you know, get up on hot air balloon. My friend works for REMAX. She can get you in a hot air balloon. Or... I saw, make a toast to a stranger's wedding. My best friend's getting married. I'm the best man. I can get you in. And then people started sending us their dreams asking for our help. And so we got inundated by emails of people requesting our help to, to help them cross things off their bucket list. And so we were blown away by the response. And after that two-week road trip, we had been able to cross off some list items we didn't think we actually could. We were able to help people in incredible ways because other people stepped up to help us help them, you know? And uh, and we realized that that was even more meaningful than us crossing things off our list. And so we came back after this two-week road trip and it was this, this tornado of momentum. And we thought, we got to do this again next summer. <laughs> so we went back to school and saved up throughout the whole next two semesters at school so that we could hit the road again the next summer and continue the journey
1: quick math the less your business spends on operations on multiple systems or delivering your product or service the more margin you have and the more money you keep but with higher expenses on materials employees distribution and borrowing everything costs more so to reduce costs and headaches smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting financial management inventory and HR into one platform and one source of truth And with rising prices everywhere you look, you got to do the math and save money. Good news, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head over to netsuite.com slash FOMO. That's netsuite.com slash FOMO. netsuite.com slash FOMO. And so you did some pretty amazing things. Uh, if You can look at the list at, at Ben's website, bennempton.com. Tell us about a couple of you know, the ones that were meaningful to you from your own list? And then maybe some of the ones that you helped other people with.
0: This, this road trip that we started in 2006 ended up being lasting over 10 years. And it just became this lifestyle really of prioritizing these, these goals that we had and going after them and, and, and also continuing to help other people accomplish their goals. And the list items that we wrote when we were sitting together at my parents' house in 2006 that we were convinced were impossible, you know, over time they fell off the list. And so things like play basketball with President Obama or make a TV show, have a beer with Prince Harry, you know, sit with Oprah. These were all things that we really had no business doing, but we, through persistence and, you know, a little bit of luck, we were able to, to accomplish them. I think to play basketball with President Obama was probably the most meaningful because I I was, I laughed when we wrote it down on the list. I thought there's no way we this is this is the most impossible thing we could think of doing, you know, four guys living on an island in Canada, we got dozens and dozens of no's. And we, we ended up uh, being surprised by President Obama at the White House on the on the White House basketball courts. And that moment, I just thought, "Wow, this is something that I was convinced was impossible, and, and and here it is happening right now." I have no choice but to believe that 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 anything is possible, and uh, and so that was that changed my core belief system. Um, and so, and then when it came to helping other people, there, you know, I, I guess it's hard to choose one, but the the first person that we ever helped. Uh, it was on our road trip through British Columbia and we got an email from a guy that said, before I die, I want to bring pizzas to the homeless shelter. And that's the question we would ask people is what do you want to do before you die? You know, to, to, to see what their bucket list item was. And, uh, and so we didn't have much money, but we could buy some pizzas. So we went and interviewed this gentleman. His name is Brent. And he said that he wants to bring pizzas down to the homeless shelter because he lived in that homeless shelter uh, for a long time. And we also found out that he had started his own landscaping business that relied on his truck, but his truck had recently broken down. And when we asked him if we could help, he didn't mention the truck, he asked about giving the pizzas away. So the four of us got together, and thought, okay, we gotta figure out a way to get this guy a truck. And we had $480 between the four of us, <laughs> again, Canadian, so. <laughs>
1: um,
0: and we went to a used car salesman, the cheapest truck on the lot was 2,100 bucks he gave it to us for 480. He paid for the insurance out of his own pocket after we told him the story of Brent. And we drove the the truck up to him and, and just tossed him the keys. And he, you know, immediately just bear hugged me and started to cry and then didn't let go for a long time. And that was the first time we had ever gone out of our way to help someone that we didn't know. And we, after that moment, you know, it was, uh, That's the, that was the thing that made us realize we, this is more than a two week road trip. You know, we got to keep, keep doing this.
1: I imagine as you talk to people, you know, some of the things that people put in their bucket list, the things they ask you for help for, you know, they're not, it's not playing basketball with a president. It can be something that maybe to you or me wouldn't seem like a big deal or too difficult to achieve. And so as you met all these people, what have you learned about, and just thinking big or thinking small and and how we can, we can break out of our daily routine about just being stuck in a place where we just don't think we can do things.
0: So the first thing is that no goal is better than any other goal. You know, the, and, and when you think about a bucket list, the only thing that is important is that it is truly important to you for the right reasons. It's going to bring you joy. It's going to bring you happiness. My bucket list back in 2006, very different than my bucket list now, and it's important that you reflect and update your list. You know, right, check in on it every couple months or, or twice a year to make sure that it is a reflection of your true, um, the true things that you want in your life, and not the things that other people want for you. Um, so, just as a precursor to that answer, you know, there's whether it's a moonshot or it's taking a walk every day. There's no greater uh, a goal. The, the only thing that's important is that it's important to you. Now, what I've learned, and what I've, you know, from from talking with other people, and also just from looking at the research, specifically a psychologist named Tom Gilovich, who's a professor at Cornell, is that most people uh, push their list and push their personal goals to the point where the number one regret that people have at the end of their life is not regretting the things that they did, it's regretting the things they didn't do. And when this researcher, this psychologist, Tom Gilvitch, asked people on their deathbed, what is your single biggest regret in your entire life? 76% of people had the exact same answer. And that was not living my ideal self. So living the life someone else wanted for me, not myself. So, seventy-six percent is—that's crazy—that most of us will live our life, reach our deathbed, look back on our life, and think, "Damn, I didn't prioritize those things that were really important to me." And so, there are two reasons why this happens. There are there there are two main reasons, and this is from his research that the first is that there's no accountability around personal goals. So we push them because other things pop up that are more important. And we have accountability uh, and deadlines for lots of other areas of our life. The second reason is that we usually wait to feel inspired to go after those goals because there's no accountability, but that inspiration doesn't hit, or rarely hits, you know, you buy a guitar, it sits in the corner, you're waiting to feel inspired to pick it up and play you have to pick it up and start to play to feel inspired. You create inspiration through action. So by taking small steps towards your goal, even if you don't know how you're gonna achieve that end result, those initial small steps start to build inspiration. So we wanna create accountability around our personal goals and we also wanna create inspiration through action. Um, Now, the four of us were lucky. We stumbled into a situation where we had accountability because there was four of us and we created inspiration by taking action. We didn't look at the risks. We, you know, we didn't care what other people thought we were young, dumb, and broke. We were naive, you know? And so we just went for it. And as we went, we started to feel that inspiration. Something was happening. There was magic happening and we wanted to keep that going. We didn't care where it was going to go, what was going to happen. We just wanted to keep doing it because it was fun and it was, it was impacting other people's lives. And ultimately that led us in in, in an, an incredible path. And so, um, those are the two things that hold us back and 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 typically my i would say life's work is to increase that percentage of the population that reaches their deathbed that doesn't have those re- regrets even if you don't achieve the thing at least you tried and then you know and at least you learned something or you pivoted you know or it led to something else even if it's a dead end you you know hey that's something that I thought I wanted to do. I tried. It didn't work out. I can move on to the next thing.
1: Yeah, and so many people, it's not until they're on the deathbed or something really bad happens that they actually feel liberated to do what they want to do. And so if you can avoid that and actually just start doing that without that external stimulus, obviously you're going to you're going to be in a better position. So you have turned this into your life's work. And in fact, you now go into corporate settings and you've given over 500 of these keynotes, encouraging companies to help their employees to pursue their dreams, not just their dreams of getting promoted, but their dreams in life. Talk about why that's important.
0: I believe that if you encourage your team to go after their personal goals, uh, ultimately it's, it's good for business. And there's a few different reasons and they're not new ideas, but I think the misconception is, is that if you encourage people to go after the things that are important to them, then they'll leave. Uh, you encourage your team to go after their dreams then they're going to quit and go after their dreams. And that does happen sometimes, but most of the time when you create an environment where people feel like they are able to be this, their best self or feel fulfilled, and encouraged to go after those things that are important to them personally, they want to stay in that environment because they're encouraged to go after those things that really mean a lot to them, and then they associate those successes and that feeling with the workplace. So if you look at companies that do this, Intel, Google, MRY, Agency, uh, you can see that uh, you're investing in their personal development and and personal success to improve their professional journey. And, you know, if you just think about it, it it makes sense. There's no work-life balance. So there's no door that you go in and out of to go into work and back into life. You know, it's it's a harmony. And as you move through that and and in and out of that work-life harmony, you want to be energized from all, from your work and you want to be energized from home. And you get energized from home by doing those things that that you're passionate about doing those things that fill you up that recycles back into your performance at work. And so if you're in in an environment where someone, your leader knows that it's so important to you to run that Ironman and and you say, listen, I'm three weeks out. I I just need to double down on training. Could I take off at four on Tuesdays and Thursdays to double down on training? You know, And in the long run, that's not much, but it, to that person, to be able to feel like they can ask for that, they can go after that, um, and then ultimately achieve that in, you know, in that work-life harmony is, is really impactful. Now, there's another key element here, and that is, as a leader, are you able to show that you care about the personal goals of your team? You know, can you just Say hey, listen. I know we we obviously talking about your your performance here at at work. What's on your bucket list? What's what's what what are your personal goals? I'm just curious, you know. And in the employer reviews, maybe check in on the personal and the professional. This comes from a book called The Dream Manager by Matthew Kelly, and you know, just by taking an interest, you start to show that you care about them as a human being, not just their professional output. And then you can create some accountability around that. Right? So you can then check in on them and start to drive them forward. You know, if you think about the things that stop us, it's accountability and inspiration that that stop, you know, we don't we need inspiration by taking action. So as you know, as as a colleague, as a leader, you know, if you can identify the goal, and then create some sort of accountability to check in on that goal over time, and you're really going to help them drive towards those things that are so meaningful. And, you know, those things on your list are the most important things to you in your life, right? If you take the time to think about them and, you know, that's the goal is to write down this list that is a reflection of your true passions and and things that are going to fill you up. And so as a team member, if you help fulfill that in any way, shape or form, or even take an interest in that, it's very powerful.
1: Tudo bem meus queridos sapiens? Now that right there was Portuguese and as you know I love speaking foreign languages. But I'm not alone. 1 in 5 Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off that list with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. only for our listeners at babbel.com slash fomo. Get up to 60% off at babble.com slash FOMO. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash FOMO. Rules and restrictions may apply. I think companies that are confident in themselves and that recognize that their employees are not automatons but actually are living, breathing human beings with hopes and dreams and aspirations and lean into that are well positioned. And you know the of course the work that I do 10% entrepreneur I remember when I first started to speak in in the corporate setting, a lot of people didn't want me to come in. They'd say, you know what? No, thank you. There was a large multinational consulting firm that said, we'd love to have you. And then they read the book and they said, "Well, well, we can't do these things. And I said, well, funny enough, I interviewed several people at your company for the book who are doing these things. And they said, yes, we know people have side projects. We don't want to talk about it. And so I you know my response to that is the train has left the station. We are in a world now especially with work from home where people are living much more textured and layered lives where work and and personal ambition interact or overlap in different ways than they have before. So it's so critical to to get with the program because this is a major retention tool and in fact the fact that some of these corporations like a Google and some of the others that you mentioned are, are encouraging, actively encouraging their employees to think beyond the nine to five about the things that they want to do and and recognizing that, wow, you may even leave someday, but you know, if you do better for everybody, that is a much more evolved way of doing things.
0: I, I wholeheartedly agree, you know, and that is the key thing too. You mentioned if they, if someone ends up leaving, well, you probably don't want them working for you if they're not, don't want to be there, um, you know. Short term loss, long term gain, and uh, you know, you look at what starts to happen when you build a, a culture like that. And you know, I work for for, uh, for a, I've done a lot of keynotes and work for a larger Fortune 500 financial institutions and. Now what they do is they promote and report bucket list achievements internally. So once someone does something, they send an email out: "Hey, congratulations, Jim! Just crossed off hike Machu Picchu. You know, here's a short, here's a photo and a, and a short description. Keep it up." And what that does is it encourages. It says, "Oh, wow! Leadership actually, this is okay, you know." And so other people start to do it. And what has happened is then it starts to build peer to peer facilitation of dreams. And so that's the ultimate goal is you start to build an environment that's so rich that people are helping each other accomplish their dreams. You want to learn Spanish. Hey, you know, here's, here's someone that knows it's teaching Spanish inside the company because there's all these people that have on their bucket list. I want to learn Spanish, you know, Lululemon, an incredible culture of, of, of helping their team facilitate dreams. They have a goal fund that they fund, uh, you know, the team's dreams. Uh, and there's there's a lot of different ways to execute it. Uh, and, it and it just, you know, and it, and it will depend on what your internal structure is, but the basic principles are stay the same. You know, you're identifying what that goal is. And, uh, and at the very least, that is impactful. And then if you would like to follow up and start to help build accountability in any way that works, for you and the team, you know, in your meetings and your, you know, reviews, what, what have you. And then perhaps even you might even be able to facilitate some of those, uh, in some way, shape or form, you know, instead of the, at the awards dinner, you know, you give away the gift certificate, you give away the dream.
1: What, one thing that really resonates with me about all of this is that it's really like a great antidote to FOMO because you have so many people who spend their days wishing they were doing something else. And if you make a list of these things and then do them, and it's not like you have to quit your job. If, if say one of your goals is, you know, to, to 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 go to France and learn French, well, you could you could do that in the evenings, learn the French, and then go on the vacation. But it's not about it's not extreme, and, it, and it's about building pathways to achieve things you want to do, so that you can overcome those feelings of frustration. Now, Ben, you uh you you have not crossed off all the items on that original list, and I was looking at them this morning, and there's a couple, there's things like going to space. Uh, I'm curious what is left on your list, um, that you think is going to be the next one.
0: Well, I I would, I would like it to be go to space and finish the film. You know, the buried life documentary that we started in 2006, we thought it would take two weeks and we would be done, (laughs) you know, 14, 15 years later, uh, we are almost done. I think that the, the go to space would be a great way to end the documentary. And that's what we've thought from the beginning. Uh, so that's something that I think would be an amazing end to the, to, to the documentary at least. And so that's something that we're chipping away at. And uh, But also I think it's important to just note that I've added hundreds of list items since that original list. And that original 100 is almost ceremonial at this point, you know, because it was the ones that we had originally penned. And uh, there are some things that we want to continue to cross off. We've done 91 of 100 of those Original 100. But as you grow, your list grows and changes with you. Uh, I do think that it's really important to take time to write your list on a piece of paper, ideally a journal, because you want to take uh, um, very small steps that start to build that inspiration. And writing it down is your first step. That takes an idea and it makes it real. You take something that doesn't exist, a thought that's intangible, you make it tangible you know, there's a study at a Dominican University in California by Dr. Gail Matthews. She's found that you're 42% more likely to achieve your goal just by writing it down. So, you know, that is a, even if it's anywhere near that, that is an easy boost for you to get a leg up on anyone that doesn't write their list. So you write it down, you make it real. It creates some accountability just by having those, those list items in front of you. And then you want to share those list items. And that again, creates accountability because I, if I tell you my list, I think, oh, Patrick knows that I want to go skydiving. <laughs> He's probably going to ask me next time, and I better think about doing it. So you also give other people the opportunity to help. You know, Then you say, oh, you know what? I went skydiving the other day, and you, and you should go to Santa Barbara skydiving. It's the best. Um, so you give other people the opportunity to help. You build accountability. And so I would say that if people are looking to take some action, those two steps are probably the first two you want to go with. You want to take maybe 20, 30 minutes, you know, quiet, grab a piece of paper, write down all your dreams. Don't think about the barriers, money, time, just pretend anything's possible. And then, you know, start to think about who could I share this with that might be able to help? Or could I share this with my community and just say, hey, this is this is the these are the things on my list. And then break those list items down. Into smaller steps, forty-eight hour goals. You know, smaller digestible action items, so that you can start to march towards them. Even if you don't know how you're going to achieve those things.
1: And how many uh, how many items would one want to put on a list for that first list?
0: It just depends on how many things you end up wanting to to do. So yeah, five to five hundred. <laughs>
1: okay. All right, everybody. So write your lists. And in fact, we have a little idea here. We're going to play with. Write your list put it on Instagram, copy at Ben Nemton and at Patrick J. McGinnis so we can share them and understand where you are trying to go and maybe help you. And check out Ben at bennemton.com. Ben, thanks so much for stopping by.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks, Patrick. FOMO. Big news. We
1: now have a brand new website. So head over to FOMOSapiens.com where you can listen to past episodes, learn more about the show, and find out how to advertise. Also, head over to Spotify where you can find and follow playlists of the best of the show. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, on Twitter at PJ McGinnis, and on LinkedIn. I'd love to hear from you, so don't be shy. FOMO Sapiens is recorded in New York City. Theme music is by Mike McGinnis and editing and post-production is by Josh Elstroff. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me at FOMOSapiens.com and at PatrickMcGinnis.com. To advertise on FOMO Sapiens, reach out to contact at FOMOSapiens.com.